Right, short. I'm going to be short, I hope. Uh, I'm competitive. You're aware of that. It was interesting. Um, it's amazing what happens to you when you're, you're out and about. We had friends up from, uh, from Dublin a couple of weeks ago because their son was playing hockey. He was playing for New Park. And it was up at the dub, and we walked the dog, and we came to watch. Look, he's supposed to be a bit of a star player, but uh, Sam Anderson had other ideas. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. I'm watching this hockey match because my friend Luke from Dublin's playing, and then suddenly I notice this guy really calm on the ball, really calm off the ball, but way too much younger than the rest of the team's playing. And I realise it's our own Sam Anderson's playing for Sullivan against this New Park team with under-19 internationals, etc., etc., etc. So then we were really caught because at that point I moved from being a New Park supporter to supporting my wife's old school. And I was delighted I did because uh, Sam and the boys gave him a good 2-1 hammering. And uh, that was all good. I'm competitive. I need to, I need to support somebody. I can't be sort of neutral on the I'll support look for this part of it and Sam for the next part. I'm competitive. So, it was with great joy way back, we're talking nearly 30 years ago, when I was one of the, well, I wasn't even young even then. But uh, I was involved in a, a group that went off to China one year from the British Council of Churches. We used to be members of that too, but we like withdrawing from as much as we can as Presbyterians. In fact, we withdrew from that one halfway through my trip to China, which was a little bit nerve-wracking. But, um, but anyway, they all come back. They're all from England and Scotland. and uh, No, nobody was from Wales. Um, but they were all from England and Scotland, except one girl from Northern Ireland. And so they came to do their feedback in First Antrim, where I was assistant minister at the time. And I was saying to them, you know, they would come to church on Sunday, and they were saying, well, what would that be like? And I said, well, there will be a big crowd. And they'll be going, Really? Because in their churches, there weren't really that big a crowd. And I was thinking, come on, First Antrim, come out for me on the day that I have my team here from... Well, they were sitting on the stairs in the balcony. Because we had 850 people in First Antrim that morning. Why? It was harvest. It was harvest. You'll not get 150 people in First Antrim on Christmas morning. Or even on Easter Sunday. But harvest in the country is a huge, huge event. And not only was I and my competitive self going, look at that. Yes, they do come every week. No, they don't. Um, But maybe for the first time in my ministry, I became aware of why would that be important. And then I kind of forgot about it. Until this last month, I was down in uh, Wicklow in Crinkin uh, Anglican Church where Trevor Stevenson, whose memoir I'm helping to write still, um, is the minister. He found it Fields of Life. So he invited me down for his harvest. And they decorated the place almost as wonderfully as Fitzroy's decorated this morning. Thank you for those who've decorated the front of the church here. And I got up and I had to say that for years and years, being in a city church, I have not had to think about harvest until last January and February 2017. There'd been no rain in northwest Uganda. And so the news came from Onelaku that the harvest was endangered. And I started thinking about harvest for the first time in years and years Because when your friends are dependent on harvest to survive, 
you start thinking about it a little bit more importantly than you do when you have everything in your cupboard. This is a pineapple. It's lovely. But you see, if I took this to Onelaku, they would be praying for our harvest. Because they'd be going, is that all the size of the pineapples that you get? And you should see their avocados. But harvest is crucial. It's 1840s make or break in Uganda the way it was in Ireland. And so we should never forget about harvest, even if we live in the city, and even if everything we have is there for us. We should always be thankful to God for those things that we take for granted. And that's why we have a partnership with Onilaku. Oh, you might think that we're doing it because we've given a school to a community, but no, I did it so that I would have to think about harvest. I did it so that I would learn from another community what the things are that we have lost in our community. Because our relationship with Onelaku is a partnership where I learn far more than I will ever be able to give. Harvest. Harvest. Even in Fitzroy, can we confess this morning we have taken it for granted for years. But Onelaku wouldn't let us do that because they're dependent on the harvest. And even this year when we were there, they would be talking about the lack of rain and how that was a struggle for them at this time of year. We should be thanking God for all that he supplies us with. However, when we thank God for all he gives us and all the things that we have, we should also be wary. Neville, you showed us something in the summer that I missed and that maybe lots of us missed. Could you just give us a wee... Now watch this carefully because I was here for the start of this story. In the summer of 2017, somebody approached Janice in the Onelagu playground and gave her this to give to Neville. This is something that I was given by a lady called Janet, whose son I'd sponsored through Fields of Life. And it was a gift that she'd given me to, given through Stephen Janice to carry back. Um, And this summer I had the pleasure of meeting Janet for the first time and meeting her, her son Godwin, who I sponsor. This was an expression of her gratitude for um, sponsorship which I found quite overwhelming. I mean, there were several carvings she gave, but this was one in particular. As you can see, it's a little balancing toy. When it came back from Onyeleku, though, this took on an added significance for me because one of the things that I heard about afterwards, I didn't witness this directly, we had, on the last day we were at the school in Onyeleku, we had a big party with a lot of the teachers, and there were, as Steve has mentioned, pineapples far more succulent than any you could get here. Um, 
fabulous beans which Vicky had, had baked and cooked. Um, we had fish, we had chicken. But some of the other team, Matobi afterwards, they'd witnessed, while we were had enough food that we could go up for seconds, we were spoilt with abundance. Some of the kids at the school who'd hung around afterwards, and although they do get fed at the school, get fed a maize meal at lunch, some of them had been gnawing on chicken bones on the plates that were cleared away after we'd had our party. And that sort of preyed on my mind a bit, the sort of imbalance magnified when you come over here. Um, Aaron's mentioned the choice of shoes that a number of us can have. Um, the most important, of course, is, as Aaron has mentioned, is the readiness to, to preach the gospel. This last week, a few of us went to a celebration for Fields of Life and heard about the joy of kids who received their first pair of shoes at the age of seven. Big difference. So in a look at this carving, which coming back again. Um, When I look at this, now what it makes me think about is the balance between need and greed, and how often we get that so wrong. When I spoke during the summer, I mentioned how a friend of mine, David Alton, would often quote Mahatma Gandhi, who talks about, or spoke about how there was enough in the world for its need, but not enough for the world's greed. Sometimes we don't get that balance right. that's what I want to ask us today for not much longer where is the balance in our lives between the need that we thank God for and the harvest that comes but in other places doesn't and our greed what is enough I've shared with you before just that moment when I went over to um, sit with the teachers one morning and you're white, you're Mazingo so you're the television for the morning and there was just hundreds of kids in front of me Harriet brings out a tennis ball sent no doubt by Jimmy Wilson she throws it up into the air and I can still see hundreds of kids reaching up to get that tennis ball if I threw a tennis ball into a crowd of kids in your school or the one your children or your grandchildren go to I wonder if anybody would follow it. We make them little crowns. They wear them for the rest of the week. I wonder how quickly they would be discarded here. What is the balance, as Neville has said, between need and greed? What on a harvest Sunday when we give thanks for his abundance is enough? Is enough? Because our access brings the imbalance our access damages the environment of the world and in the bible yeah they got the manna it was enough for the day they weren't to take for two days in fact there were consequences to that in the lord's prayer that we pray so often give us our daily bread our daily bread enough Give us enough, not more than enough. And then finally from Proverbs chapter 30, words that came to me with real impact one morning right here in Fitzroy 
when Desi did the prayers of intercession. Here's what it says in Proverbs. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. What are the two things? Keep falsehood away from and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me neither poverty nor riches. But give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say who is the Lord. Or I may become poor and steal so dishonor the name of God. We live in a pendulum. We live in the balances of history. We live in the balances of a world right here this moment today. What is enough? As we give thanks for all that God has given to us, let's be careful that we don't take more than we need to be given to us and throw the world out of balance. Throw our lives out of balance. We may end up with too much. And who needs God when you have too much? Because when you're down, you can go and do a wee bit of retail therapy instead of get on your knees and plead with the harvest to come. Too much. Or those who don't have enough across our world who today will be given the the strongest temptation possible to steal something from their neighbor because it's a stealing to survive. Writer of the Proverbs, these great Proverbs of wisdom has it right. Lord, on this harvest we give you thanks, but give me neither poverty nor riches. Lord, give us our daily bread and help us to be those who balance the world that you've called us to live in. Let's pray together. Lord, there are some of the scriptures that are even more up to date than when they were written. Some of them that just cut through our souls where we live in history more than they might have cut through the souls of those who first listened. And here are such verses. Lord, we thank you for the harvest. We thank you for the abundance of the life that we live, not only with the things that have been harvested on the fields around Ireland over the course of these last weeks and months, but with water in our taps, food in our fridges, clothes that we can wear, shoes in our feet. Lord, we thank you for the abundance of what we have been given. So Lord, the challenge comes to us What is our daily bread? What is the daily portion of manna we should pick up? What is enough? Lord, we pray that as we follow you, as we follow your word, as we follow the teaching of scriptures, that we might find that balance. So that when our lives are balanced, we might make the world around us more balanced too. Challenge us. Correct us, rebuke us 
if necessary, Lord. We give you thanks for all you've given us. Give us your wisdom as how to steward it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.